everybody welcome back to another edition of the untitled jeff gluck podcast i'm your host jeff gluck just want to jump quickly into our 12 questions podcast today because it's a little bit late in the day uh, as i record this um, approaching evening on eastern time however uh, that's because i'm doing an on the spot same day 12 questions which is pretty rare especially for the middle of the week but since i'm here out in utah with uh toyota They've had this Olympic slash racing crossover event where Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones, and Daniel Suarez, and a couple crew chiefs have gotten to mingle with some Olympic athletes. Uh, Toyota is, is now a sponsor of the Olympics. And so um, we've spent the last couple days tagging along with them and uh, watching as they did skiing simulators and a bobsled run and speed skating and all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. And at the conclusion of it, um, on the bus back to the hotel, I got to do a 12 questions with Eric Jones. So let's jump right into that. All right, everybody. I'm here with Eric Jones for the first ever on the, on bus, on board bus, 12 questions. Yeah. We're on a bus. We've been here, uh, in Utah for the last couple of days doing some, uh, Olympic Toyota crossover stuff. So, um, Eric just got done doing a whole bunch of stuff and now he's, has one more Olympic event, which is the 12 questions. Eric, how are you doing? Well, uh, I'm a little wore out. A lot of uh, a lot of adventures the last couple of days, but it's been pretty fun. Yeah, it has. So let's have some more fun. First question is, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Man, it, it sounds bad to say, but I would say up till last year, I would say it was 100% natural ability. And then once I got to the Cup Series, I think it's we all have natural ability at this level, you know, everybody's really good. So, uh, that's when the working at it really comes into play. And I would say this year has probably been 60% natural and 40% of working at it. Um, it's definitely a big change for me. You know, it was, it was, it wasn't easy, but it definitely wasn't as hard as the cup series, you know, getting into trucks and Xfinity. I felt like I could really just get a good feel for it quickly and, and go out and be pretty quick everywhere. Um, and then at the cup level, it's like, yeah, okay, everybody's pretty quick at it and everybody gets it pretty easy. And so you have to be really good at all the little things that, that really make up for a lot of time. All right. Question number two. So obviously Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, uh, now Dale Jr. have all either retired or retiring in the next year. Um, what's your pitch for their fans to become fans of yours? Well, I think for me, I just a average 21 year old kid you know i like to have fun i like to party and have a good time and um you know go out work hard and do my job on the weekends and have fun during the week and um you know unfortunately uh, we don't always get to show that you know in our sport it, it's hard to really broadcast that side of the world or that side of our lives out to this sport but um you know, i like to just hang out and play around of golf with my buddies or hang out at the pool and do whatever we want to do so it's uh it, it's hard to really show that that personal side. I wish there was a better way or an easier way to broadcast that out. And, and I think that's changing and has been changing over the last few years. And I think you'll start to see more personality from a lot of guys. Um, you know, you've really only seen Dale Jr. come out and, and really 
show a lot of personality within the last few years. Um, so hopefully uh, I can figure that out better, and, uh, and hopefully uh, it continues to go that way in NASCAR. All right, sounds good. What is the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Man, just to travel for sure. Um, I'm kind of a homebody, I guess, at heart. You know, I like to be, uh, I like to be home. I like to be around my family, my friends, and um, you know, when we're in the Xfinity series or the Truck series, it's not so bad. You know, you leave on Thursday and you're home on Friday or Saturday night, and you have the Sunday off. And then in the Cup series, you know, you only really have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at home, and Thursday you're traveling again. So, um, you know, that's a that's a tough part. I mean, all in all, you know, I'd say compared to a an everyday person, you know, going to work nine to five, we have it pr- pretty good, you know, and it, and it feels, you feel kind of uh, guilty at times complaining about some of the things that you have to do, but, you know, it's, it really is, it, it does take a toll on you uh, traveling that much and not, you know, it's pretty rare we get days off and just get to enjoy ourselves and do what we want to do. So um, that's definitely the hardest part for me. Yeah, for sure. So let's say a fan um, spots you eating dinner in a nice restaurant. Should they approach you for an autograph or no? Yeah, I don't really have an issue with it. You know, I guess the hardest part for me sometimes is if I'm trying to spend time with friends or family, maybe in a, I wouldn't say necessarily a restaurant setting, but, you know, sometimes you really just, man, you just want to chill out and, and relax. But, uh, you know, I don't really have a problem with that as long as we're not, you know, in the middle of a meal or anything. Um, I don't I don't really have too much an issue. It's not like I've ever been bombarded at a, at a restaurant by 10 people. You know, every once in a while I'll have somebody come up and say, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. And, and I, I don't really mind that at all. Okay. What's a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? You know, I really don't think that people necessarily understand a hundred percent of the work that goes into it from the shop side and the engineering side. I don't think a lot of people really see how many smart people we got working on these cars. You know, the engineers we got, you know, we have at-track engineers. We also have engineers that are just working in the shop 100% of the time and trying to develop new products and make our cars faster. And and I wish, you know, obviously we can't share all of our, our simulation tools and, and all the neat things we get to use to make our cars faster. But I wish people could really see that because there's some really, really cool stuff that I think people would be pretty intrigued by, really, to just get to check out and, and learn more about. But uh, unfortunately, you know, we can't show every fan in the world, you know, 100% what's going on in the shop. I wish I could take everybody on an in-depth tour and show them, you know, the process of how these cars are built and how they're, how they're put together, how the bodies are put together, the wind tunnel testing. We do all that um, and, and some of the more technical side of things would be really cool to show people. Um, who is the last driver you texted? Um, geez, I don't know. Maybe pull my phone. You've been so busy the last couple of days, you haven't had to text most people. It's true. Does Rick Corelli still count as a driver? He was a driver. He's my spotter. Uh, man, it's been a while. He's he's scrolling through all these texts and no no driver names popping up. Well, you guys saw I did that interview and I I said Daniel Hamrick. There you go. And that was on the 12th. Wow. So it's, been, uh, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, Daniel Hamrick. I, I hang out with him probably the most of any driver away from the racetrack and um we have a pretty similar background so we have a lot lot to talk about usually do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers oh yeah 100 percent. i think early on uh i started racing late models when i was 13 and my crew chief at the time my first ever crew chief told me you know we're just 
I was, it was my first time I'd really been on a tour, um, a racing tour. And he's like, you know, we're just, we pulled in a track one day. He said, we're just kind of the traveling circus, you know, we all roll in. It's the same guys and we unload, set up and, and put on a show. So, uh, it's, it's no different at all at this level. You know, I, I think we're there to put on a show or we're, we're there to entertain the fans. I mean, we're, that's, that's what we're there to do. And, uh, I, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be considered entertainers. Okay. Um, so Eric, what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? <laughs> I'd say it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, early on in my career, I didn't use it much. And then I think I got a little too happy with it. And then, uh, and then I had a lot of guys angry at me, so now I just – it's pretty rare it comes out. I mean, it, it, the only times I really get frustrated uh, now is, is racing with lap cars. You know, if there's a lap car that you catch and, you know, maybe he's not giving you a lane or holding the lane, that's pretty frustrating. You know, it's um, – I had a guy early on, a race director in late models, you know, every driver's meeting he'd say – I don't want to sound rude, but, you know, the lap cars, you're, you're a second-class citizen today. You know, it's not your day. You know, give these guys, give them the lane. They're trying to race, and, you know, that respect is going to come back around when it's the other other way around someday. So, uh, you know, it's really frustrating to me when you don't get that respect um, because it is going to come back around for them someday, and uh, that's probably the only time you'll see it out of me. Yeah, that's a good lesson to learn early on. Um, so some drivers keep a payback list in their minds if – um, somebody's done them wrong on the track, but there's also positive things that can happen. Somebody could cut you a break. Um, somebody could do you a favor, let you in or something. Um, do you remember those things in terms of a payback list as well? Yeah, it goes, it goes both ways. I would say, you know, there's, <clears throat> there's definitely a list of guys in my mind that I, I never have really went back out necessarily and just wrecked somebody, you know, paying them back for being wrecked. Um, but I make their lives as hard as I possibly can. You know, I mean, anytime I'm racing around them, I, I don't, you're not going to get a break from me, you know, and, and there's not going to be a lot of patience from me either. But uh, it does go the other way too. If there's a guy that, you know, um, lets me go early in the race, if I run him down, you know, he's going to get that respect back for, for at least until 50 to go. You know, I think that's the time that that goes out the window a little bit. Everybody's racing hard for the position and they don't want to give anything up. But um, it does definitely go each way. And, um, you know, most of the time these guys, a lot of them will give you that favor early in the race. And, uh, and definitely you feel kind of like you owe it to them. Okay. Um, who is the most famous person you've had dinner with? Oh man. I don't know. Danica Patrick, I guess probably, you know, I mean, I haven't really had any, had dinner with like a celebrity of any sort, you know, other than that, um, you know, no A-listers Hollywood like that. So. Uh, I'd have to say that would be it. Okay. Daniel Suarez last night at uh, the dinner didn't count for you. Well, I mean that's it. That is one right there, for sure. Yeah, he he's not paying he's attention. Not paying any attention though. No. Okay, I think you're in the clear. Uh, what is something about yourself that you would like to improve? You know, I think it goes really back to one of your your first questions there, and and working at it. You know, the the natural ability and the and the work ethic of it all. It was so. It came so easy. Um, at the truck and the Xfinity level that I'd, I never really learned how to work at it and how to get better at it. You know, I had a I had guys tell me, hey, you know, you might need to work on this or that. But I was like, well, we're, we're winning races. Why do I need to work on that? So, um, you know, getting to the cup level now, I think that's the biggest thing that, that I'd like to improve, at least on the racing side, um, to try and get, you know, more proficient at. 
so the interview I did last week was with Michael McDowell and his question for the next driver is eventually obviously it's a long way till you retire but eventually when you do retire someday what do you think will lead into your decision to say you know what I think I've, I've had enough man that's that's a deep question um, you know I think for me you know it, it, it comes a time where I think it'll go two ways honestly either you're not capable of performing anymore you know you, you can't go out and you're not competitive and you're not running up front and, and contending for wins uh or you know you just get you just get burnt out you get burnt out on the schedule i think a little bit of that was with jeff gordon you know honestly he was still competitive you know he was still winning right he made it to homestead his last year so i think a lot of his decision was based on you know he's got two young kids um and he just was was done with the grind so i i see it either one of those two ways uh, i think for me it'll probably uh be more of i'm not competitive anymore honestly but uh you know i think it'll go one of those two ways and i'm fairly certain that the next interview i'm having is with todd gilliland so do you have a question a question i might be able to ask him todd gilliland it's a young one um Probably the youngest one ever that i've done say yeah oh what's a good question i'm trying to remember back when i was when i was 16 and racing and what i was trying to think i would say ask him how much pressure you know he feels to perform or how much pressure does he put on himself to perform well to try to get that break at the next big level does he feel like there's a lot of pressure on him or does he feel like he just puts that pressure on himself because I felt like when I was his age I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to to get those big you know uh those big wins that were going to put me on the map so I would ask him if he was he was feeling that same kind of thing that's interesting. Well, thank you, Eric, for joining me on the first ever On Bus 12 Questions. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there you have it. 12 Questions with Eric Jones, and I appreciate him making some time for that uh, at the end of what's been a, a long couple days. Uh, Toyota's had a lot on the schedule for the drivers and the media who were on this trip in Utah. So tomorrow, um, I travel from Salt Lake City to San Francisco. But I have a social spotlight interview with Sydney Fryer, the daughter of Jenna Fryer. She is 13 years old and she has a very unique insight on social media, at least for adults, because we don't often get to hear exactly how um, young teens are using social media. And she's a good spokeswoman for that. So um, I hope you'll enjoy that tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this 12 questions. And I will talk to you again soon on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. <laughs>